and there are a lot of misnomers out there about speed work contributing to injury and that sort of thing. But I mean, if you want to, to run faster, you've got to practice running faster. And speed work is the, is the best way to do that on a very fundamental level. So here's the question, how do runners like us remain active, get stronger, and heal from injuries without being told to stop running and create a healthy life for ourselves so we can continue to hit PRs well into our 40s and 50s? This is the question, and this podcast is the answer. My name is Dr. Dwayne Scotty, physical therapist, running coach, and creator of Spark Physical Therapy, where we help active adults be able to run without aches and pains so you can feel good about yourself again. Welcome to the Healthy Runner Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by UCAN. UCAN Nutrition is powered by Superstarch and delivers that steady, long-lasting energy without the spike and then the crash. I had to take a moment out of this episode to share with you how the Healthy Runner snacks during the day, that being me. I don't know if you're like me, but I will never pass on a good snack, and that is why I wanted to share with you some innovative food products that help you fuel smarter and curb cravings anytime while maintaining blood sugar and boosting energy. UCAN's healthy snacks are enhanced with super starch and crafted with healthy ingredients. This has been a game changer to curb those cravings between meals for me and my clients. I absolutely love the almond butter and it pairs so well with some honey wheat pretzel sticks, apple slices, or medjool dates. Their granola is absolutely phenomenal. The only thing you will need to do is set some portion control because it tastes so good you'll want to keep going back in the bag for more. Since you are a part of our Healthy Runner community, as always, you will get 20% off all of your orders at UCAN.co. Just use the code HEALTHYRUNNER during checkout when placing your order. Go ahead and give this healthy snack a try, and believe me, you will thank me after when you feel better about your snacking habit. All right, welcome, and thank you for tuning in to episode 74 on the Healthy Runner podcast, and we are live within the Healthy Runner Facebook group talking about how to improve speed with a true expert and legend in the field of running. We have Mario Fraioli here with us, and Mario is a Bay Area-based running coach who works with a number of Olympic trial-level marathoners, internationally ranked ultra runners, and competitive age group athletes, he also writes and publishes The Morning Shakeout, a weekly email newsletter and podcast that covers running and other topics that interest him. Welcome to the show, Mario. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, so what we're going to do today, guys, is Mario is going to talk about speed workouts for runners and answer some common questions like these. How can a beginner increase running speed? Should beginner runners do speed work? What exercises improve running speed? Um, what are some speed workouts for distance runners? And then what are strides all about? Do strides make you faster? What's the difference between a sprint and a stride? And what is the best speed work to do for many of you who will be uh, doing some marathon training coming up this fall? So the timing of this, I think, was really perfect to have Mario come on and educate us 
Now for context, um, for those of you kind of tuning into this episode on speed work, we have two other episodes that you might want to also kind of go back and get a little bit other content related to this topic. We actually just had our own coach Lou on episode 72, where coach Lou talked about running pieces and the importance of pace and the different types of pieces. And then in episode 25, we had did a deep dive on three types of runs and what are the physiologic benefits of their easy conversational run, the tempo or threshold run, and then interval run. So I'm sure we're going to be talking about some of that with Mario today, but just wanted to kind of give everyone a little context. So let's get started with our dynamic warm up, Mario. This is the first question we asked all our guests. Tell us, uh, who are you and where are you from? I'm Mario Fraioli. I am from the Bay Area. I live just north of San Francisco, and I spend most of my working time coaching runners, as you mentioned, uh, competitive age groupers, um, higher level marathoners, and some top ultra runners in the sport. And then I also write and publish The Morning Shakeout, which is an, a weekly uh, email newsletter and podcast. Yeah, which is a pretty amazing um, podcast and newsletter. So you and I got connected through our friends over at UCAN and right. um, they had connected us. And I remember seeing your name on the kind of the expert page in their community on their website when I originally um, was on their page. And I, I remember clicking at your bio back then. Um, it was probably about six months ago now. Mm-hmm. And you know, I was always kind of interested and then the, I, w- I was wondering if there were any contacts that you can had to talk about this topic, specifically speed work. And I've been getting your newsletters every Tuesday. They are absolutely amazing. Um, I love those in my inbox and I've been kind of binge listening to a bunch of your episodes on your uh, podcast. So I love the work that you're doing for the running community. And the thing I really love about your podcast and your newsletter is you don't just talk about running. And it is more about the culture, the lifestyle, the stories. Mm -hmm. Um, So some of those stories are pretty amazing. Um, One of the last episodes I listened to with your friend, uh, Jorge, really resonated with me because he was talking about some of his story and his background and, you know, how he, um, you know, came to this country and um, he came from El Salvador and my Mm -hmm. wife's family is from El Salvador. So when he was talking about his uh, brother, um, it was the first time I've ever heard of the name Archimedes because my wife's father's name is that. And it was the first time I've ever heard anyone else. Someone else use it, right, right. Yeah. So I was like, whoa, whoa. So uh, it really resonated with me, um, a lot of um, that episode. So I think what you're doing is, is phenomenal and it's just great work. So for those who are listening and haven't checked out the Morning Shakeout podcast, you guys need to check it out and also check out the newsletter. Um, It's definitely something refreshing to get in your inbox because we're all overloaded with so many emails. (laughs) Yeah, especially newsletters. There's more and more of them these days. I've had mine for uh, going on six years now, Um, but I feel like in the last year, especially in the running space, there have been more and more that have popped up. But uh, yeah, every week, every Tuesday morning, the morning shakeout lands in inboxes around the world. Yeah. And you, you come from more of a writing background, correct? From what I've been hearing? A bit. Yeah. I mean, I've got a very varied 
Yeah, I've got a very varied background. I mean, professionally, I've worked uh, at newspapers as an editor, copy editor. Um, I was a magazine editor at Competitor, which is now just an online publication called Podium Runner, but Competitor Magazine, which had nationwide distribution up until a few years ago. I was a senior editor there for six years from 2010 to 2016. I spent most of my time writing about training. Um, speed work, one of the topics we'll talk about or the topic we'll talk about today. That was really my domain. I wrote a lot of articles about training, but I also uh, sourced and edited a lot of articles from experts about training. So it was, it was you know, it, it was really good, like on the job training for coaching as well, which is something I've been doing in, in varying capacities since, um, since 2004. So those, those two worlds sort of, you know, kind of intermingled. And now I'm at a point where I've, I've worked for myself for the last five years and I spend most of my working time coaching. Uh, but I still do a bit of writing through my newsletter and occasionally freelance pieces here and there. And then through the podcast, just interviewing athletes and coaches and other folks in the sport of running who can tell their story uh, and who I, I can learn from myself, uh, especially on the coaching side of things. But so can everyone who's listening to the show. Yeah, no, I think, as I mentioned, it, it is great, great content, very high level content, um, I might add. And in terms of your running nowadays, it seems that you are more into the distances. Is that correct? And I know you run on the trails a lot. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've always been a, a distance runner. And in college, I raced mile 5000 10k cross country. And after graduating, within a few years, moved up to the marathon myself as an athlete. I think I've run 13 or 14 marathons at this point. I started doing some ultras in 2014 and have run 50 Ks and Grand Canyon crossing and 50 mile on the trails. And in recent years, I've kind of turned my focus back toward the marathon and chased the personal best and got it in 2018. I'm registered to run Boston this fall. So I still like to get out and mix it up every so often, but, but mostly in the longer stuff. I mean, over the past year with the pandemic and lack of races, I'm not one to go out and do a virtual half or full on my own, it's just too, too long. And, and I don't think I'm necessarily wired for, for those distances unless I have other people to do them with. Um, so I actually dropped my volume and, and spent a good chunk of the last year training in a way I hadn't trained really since, since college. And that was focusing mostly on my, my short distance speed, um, which for me is like mile 5k type of, you know, type of work. And, uh, I feel great and I'm really excited to see how that sets me up for a marathon training block here starting, you know, in the next month or two. So that's great. So you will be going to Boston. That's the plan. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. And congrats to you with the PB. Um, it's uh, definitely uh, pretty amazing. And especially with the different varied distances that you've done, um, seems like you're continuing to get after it. And I know I've heard you on your show before talk about just, you know, with the pandemic of just going out there and, and enjoying running. Right. And I think so yeah. many people can relate to that um, this past year, but I think we're all also looking forward to those, uh, fall marathons and half marathons coming back, uh, as live events. Yeah, it'll, it'll be fun to have those to aim for and to immerse ourselves like in, in the actual community and experience of, of the race again. But I mean, speaking for myself the past year, I mean, running was probably the most reliable thing in my life. I, I ran almost every day. Um, and 
and it was just what I, you know, what I did every morning. Uh, and some days I ran hard. Most days I ran pretty easy. Some days I ran long, but I, I ran almost every day. My, my schedule is just so routine. It was the one thing that, you know, I could count on and really build the rest of my day upon and, you know, served a, a very important part for me uh, as we, as we navigated just the uncertainty of, of the past year. And it was a little strange not having races to really build up toward or have this end point um, that I was, that I was working toward. Um, but at the same time, I think it was just a, a good lesson in, in really as cliche as it sounds, embracing the process of it all. And, you know, understanding the role that running and training and workouts and all of that just, just held in my life. And, and I think, I mean, even though I've been doing this for God, 24 years or so at this point, I mean, I think it, it strengthened my relationship with running in a way that wouldn't, have been possible without this forced pause of sorts so indeed indeed mario let's get started here let's go from like mm -hmm. more of a global kind of little bird's eye perspective on how can beginner runners increase their running speed in general i mean the the short and simple and i don't mean to be a a smart aleck answer to that is is to just run fast um from time to time i mean i think there are a lot of new runners who are afraid i don't want to say they're afraid of speed work they're afraid of the term speed work it conjures up all kinds of of things for them um and there are a lot of misnomers out there about speed work contributing to injury and that sort of thing but i mean if you want to to run faster you've got to practice running faster and speed work is the is the best way to do that on a very fundamental level Okay. So that was actually perfect without getting kind of too deep, because I think that sets the stage and really sets up the next question. So I, I would imagine the answer to this question, should beginner runners do speed work? Is that yes? Or what are your thoughts for beginners? The short answer is, is yes to that. And I think that's one of the biggest mistakes that new runners make is that they shouldn't do speed work until they've done I don't know, six weeks of running, eight weeks of running, 10, whatever you read in the, the popular, you know, popular literature that's, that's out there. But what I've noticed in all my years of running and, and as a coach, um, when you're running faster and, and that can be a very, um, amorphous term and, and we can dig deeper into what that means here in a little bit, but generally when you're, when you're running faster, you're running more efficiently. And most people, when they're running faster, are running with better form than when they're running slower. And I like to use that as, as my foundation. When I talk about base building, and this is something I learned from Alan Culpepper when I worked with him in a, in a coach-athlete capacity, is you know, when, when we start training for anything, um, his philosophy was to get fast first. And there are a number of reasons to do that, um, just in terms of how you develop specific fitness for an event. But I also think that applies to, to beginner runners. Um, and, and get fast doesn't mean like you're doing speed work all the time, but it's something that new runners should be incorporating in appropriate doses from the very beginning, because I think it can really help in terms of the mechanical side of running, paying attention to how we're moving. Um, because a lot of the, what we call like the tenets of good, of good running form, which, you know, bad running form can certainly contribute to injuries, as you know, as a, as a PT, um, come from people who start running slow and sloppy. 
And I think doing small bits of speed work, and we can define what that means here in a little bit, um, and it changes over time, can really just help from the very get-go, like start start emphasizing some of the, the tenets of, of good running form. Um, and I think that can really help from an injury prevention standpoint. And it also helps to have some variety in your your training schedule even if you're just getting into running for the first time if you're running slow and sloppy all the time you're going to be a slow and sloppy runner i mean that's just that's i mean that's that's just the truth i mean that's that's going to happen so um yeah i think speed work is is definitely something that beginners can do and it looks very different from what experienced runners can do um and we can talk about what what it looks like at various points of of someone's running journey and how it how it can evolve but yeah, that's a long-winded way of saying I, I do believe beginner runners should be doing um, some form of speed work from the very get-go. Okay. No, that's great. Thank you for clarifying that. And let's just continue that thread uh, for a little bit. So let's just say I'm a runner out there who just started maybe a month or two ago. Um, I'm here on the East Coast and weather started uh, getting a little warmer and mm-hmm. COVID's uh, starting to be behind us hopefully soon. And, you know, we're getting out, we're feeling more comfortable and I want to get back in shape for summer. Um, and I just started running then. So what would, you know, you're working with a runner of that level, what would speed work uh, look like? It would be a very, let's call it primitive form of interval training. And that could be, I, I mean, let's just use a, a track just so we have a and not that everyone has access to a track, but just so that we have something to visualize here. I mean, someone who's just getting into running for, you know, for the first time in a while, they haven't put their shoes on. It's like, all right, let's go to the track and let's, you know, let's run what I call quick, but controlled, you know, let's, let's say like 70% effort on the straightaways. Um, so you're running a little bit faster. It's not a slow jog, but it's certainly not an all out sprint. Um, but it's, it's faster, it's faster running. And you do that for, you know, 10 to 15 seconds, and then you can walk, you know, twice that. Um, and I mean, that's a, it's a form of a fartlek workout. Like that is a, that is an interval workout. Um, even though it's, even though it's, it's run walk. Um, but what we're emphasizing on the running portion is running a little bit quicker than just, you know, plodding along at a slow jog for, you know, for 20 minutes. And the reason I, I will have folks do that is because for those 10, 15, 20 seconds of running, and we'll gradually increase the duration, they're thinking about how they're running and how they're moving and how their feet are interacting with the ground and what their torso is doing and where they're, you know, how they're holding their arms, or at least those are the cues that, uh, that I'm giving them. And then they can shut it off and they can walk for a little bit and just let their heart rate come down, catch their breathing, think about how they were moving and just really try and um, wrap their wrap their head around that. And then we do it again. And, you know, maybe for someone who's just starting out, maybe they're doing two to four laps of that. You know, it totals it totals a mile. Um, but when I start people running we're starting with that rather than just going out and being like, okay, let's see if you can run for five minutes straight. Cause usually if I send them out to run for five minutes straight, I mean, that's five more minutes than they've run in quite a while. They're not thinking too much about how they're moving or that's too long for them to think about how they're moving. Um, and because they're, they're scared to go fast for that long of a period of time. Um, they, they really do start 
start they're they're moving sloppily the entire time so they're they're starting to develop bad habits right away so i want to develop good habits um especially with beginner runners because they are so malleable um and that's how i would start but that's i mean you could argue that that's a form of speed work it's not you know building toward a faster 5k um and it's not necessarily built at improving a, a specific element of of fitness um but we're starting with that as our as our foundation and then over time you know we're going to progress you know how fast they're running we're gonna mix in like longer let's just call it slower um periods of, of running along with that as we start to to build them up as a more complete runner oh i love i love that answer because you, what you're really talking about is kind of that like motor control and motor yeah. planning and pattern mm -hmm and really training our nervous system to be in that most efficient exactly. um, place. And I could really, as you were describing that, I was totally relating to that because I myself personally have just started finally getting back to the track last month. And I started doing repeat 400s for a couple of weeks and then I did 800s. And yes, it is so much more intentional, right? When you are running mm -hmm. at that faster pace, than I'm used to for my easy conversational pace runs or even my tempo and threshold pace runs. And I, I was just thinking about that, that I, I'm so much more intentional. I'm thinking about my foot hitting the ground and popping right back up. I'm thinking about my leg turnover. I'm thinking about that arm swing a little bit more. And mm -hmm. so I agree that you can definitely focus a little bit more on your form as you are running at that faster pace. And I really like how you, you, you keep it simple and it doesn't need to be like this very complex workout or right. overwhelming workout for even beginners. Right. And I, I love the rationale and kind of the whole purpose of you prescribing that. So that, that was, that was great. That was fantastic. Um, yeah. And, and if I can interject here too, I, I think before we go any further, the, the, the term speed work or, or speed workouts, I think get, and I said this a little earlier, they get a bad rap sometimes. I, people hear that and, and speed, they think fast. And then when they think fast, they think, you know, all out or close to a, to max effort. It's like, no speed, like you can vary speeds. Um, and the important thing with beginner runners, especially, um, and, and we can talk more about how this evolves as runners get more experience, but with beginner runners, especially when I'm doing something like this, it's, it's faster running, like they're definitely going faster than a jog, but it's relaxed, it's controlled. Um, and I think that's a very important thing to emphasize because you know, some people who will go to a track like that and they'll just, you know, fly down the straightaway, sprint full on, and we don't want to do that. I mean, that's you know, that's gonna create a different kind of problem. But this is this is fast and relaxed running um for a very short period of time, and it's getting the new runner or someone who's coming back to running for the first time in a while to, to right from the get go, think about how they're moving. Um, because one thing I've noticed in all my years around the sport, I see this at the scholastic level. Um, I see it with experienced runners. Um, there's not a lot of emphasis on skills and drills and that, that development that you're talking about. And, and I think that's, what's really exciting about working with beginner runners is you can really, if you do it right, you can really start to emphasize that stuff from the, from the very beginning and develop good habits that they're going to carry with them throughout the entirety of their running journey. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I, I can, I'm glad you brought up the point about going out basically 100% or 10 out of 10 effort level for sprints, mm -hmm. because I know I did that as a beginner runner, my first year sure. running, because I thought you needed to run like as hard as possible. And mm -hmm. all of the runners that I've seen with, you know, these common plantar fasciitis injuries, shin splints, knee pain, um, it usually is due to these training errors that you mentioned of they're going out super hard. They're not in control of their right. runs. And that's where those injuries creep up. And, you know, I think that's the biggest, um, you know, thing that I like to educate our healthy runner community is proper progression. And uh, I'm just loving this conversation because it doesn't mean that you can't do faster running. It's just, right. you need to do it correctly and keep it kind of within the constraints and make sure that it's still controlled. So mm -hmm. if it's okay with you, Mario, we have a couple of questions here that I would love sure. to get to, which I think is a, a good time. Cause I know you mentioned fart licks and for those that mm -hmm. aren't familiar with the term, um, what, uh, what's an example of like a fartlek run? And then what are the benefits of fartleks? Hildy wants so, to know. So fartlek is, is Swedish for speed play. Um, and, and I love that those are the two words that it translates to is speed play. You're playing with speed. Um, and generally fartlek workouts are done ideally in nature somewhere, if you have access to it, but you can do them anywhere. You can do them on the roads. You can do them on a path through a park. You can do them in a trail through the woods. You could do it on the track if you want, but I, I just don't think that's the, the right environment because it's a little too controlled and measured, but you know, you're, you're on a, you're on a path in a park and true fartlek is playing with speed. It's saying, Hey, I'm going to run fast to that tree over there. Um, and you pick it up to that tree. And then you tell yourself, like, I'm going to walk or jog very slowly, you know, to that bench. And then when I get to that bench, I'm going to run faster to that stop sign. Um, and you're really picking off objects in the distance and using those as your markers. And maybe some of them take you 20 seconds to run to. Um, some of them can take you two minutes to, to get to five minutes. It's very free form in that way. It's, it's unstructured. You're playing with, with different speeds and it's really up to you when you step on the gas and, and when you back off. Um, and that's true fartlek as it, as it was designed and intended, you can make it a bit more structured. I do this with, um, all of my athletes to, to varying degrees where we'll quantify it, um, in terms of time and the target intensity that we're trying to hit. So, without getting too complicated here, maybe that ends up becoming, I mean, they're, they're basically more structured intervals is, is a, is a way to talk about it, but you're in a park and we're going to do, you know, 10 times one minute at 5k effort or 5k intensity and the recovery in between maybe early on in a training cycle will be two minutes of very slow jogging, um, that type of thing. And, and you could, you could really manipulate the duration and the intensity of the intervals and the recovery, uh, to whatever degree, you know, that you want it's structured that way. And you can, and you can quantify like, okay, that workout was 10 minutes worth of work or five by five minutes is 25 minutes worth of work, but, but true fart, like, and I love to give this to my athletes sometimes, um, because it, it throws them for a loop and it really freaks them out. I think a lot of runners, especially as you gain experience, you become very type A, what pace am I running? What's the distance? What's the length of the interval? And I'll send them out and I'll say, Hey, I want you to go out for an hour, um, warm up easy for say 15 minutes. Uh, and then for the next, you know, half an hour, I just, I just want you to, to run fartlek workout, um, and do it in your neighborhood and just, you know, 
exactly as I described. Pick some benchmarks, landmarks, um, use those as your start stop points, run as hard as you, you know, as hard as you feel like going. That's the beauty of it. You can run as hard as you feel like running. Um, it can be like, you know, eyeballs out full sprint for 10 seconds, or it can be, you know, a sustained, you know, five minute rep or something like that. Um, and, and why I like to have them do that is, they're not paying as much attention to their watch. You know, they're really just in tune with how they're feeling. Um, they're using, you know, actual cues in their environment to decide like when they want to manipulate, you know, the, the intensity. And I think that can be a good release valve for, for athletes sometimes, um, especially those who, who are getting too tied to, you know, the specifics of, of their workouts, um, to the point that it becomes detrimental. It's great for newer runners um, who might be intimidated by speed work and they can do something like this that is a little more free form um, and it's kind of up to them like how far and how fast you know they they want to go. Um, and yeah, I, I think fartlek's just a you know it's it's a it's a great workout uh, and it's a great, I think, you know, introductory level speed workout, but it can also be used by advanced runners uh, who are just getting a little, you know, a little too serious. Yeah. To shake it up a little bit, right. To use uh, your terminology. <laughs> yeah. Right, I shake, mean, to shake it up. Yeah. Shake it out a little <laughs> bit. Yeah. I, yeah. I'll, I'll take that. Um, but yeah, I mean, but again, like the, the key word in there, I think is, is play, you know, this should be playful. It should be fun. I mean, I think a lot of runners see speed work or they hear that word speed work and it becomes very intimidating. Um, and they, you know, they associate it with the track and they dread going to the track or they think, oh, speed work is 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 hard work. And on some level it is, but it's like, you know, it, it's hard work. It's not fun. Um, and the thing about Spartlick, Fartlick is is it is it speed play um, and it, it should be fun. I think you can take the lessons from that and, and certainly apply it to other aspects of your running as well. Yeah, well, thank you for clarifying that. And so besides fartlicks and that kind of introduction to faster running that you talked about for like the new runner just starting out, what are mm -hmm. some other speed workouts that distance runners um, can be doing? A very, a very basic one. If you do want to go to your local track um, and just be in a, a more controlled environment is similar to what I described at, at the very top. And that's just striding out on the straightaways and jogging the turns. Some people will call them ins and outs. Um, Lasse Viren, who was a, a famous Finnish runner uh, and Olympic medalist over, um, I think, 5,000, 10,000 and, and marathon. I mean, he used to do a workout like that all the time where and he was a very he was one of the best in the world. And he would go to the track and he'd sprint the straights and jog the turns. Um, that is a you know, that is a very simple uh, introductory workout that runners can do. Um, I like I, I like Fartlick, um, as I had just described, and I, I would use it in an unstructured or structured way, um, depending on the athlete and where they are in their specific, in their specific progression. Um, I mean, the other nice thing about the track too, you can, you can kind of use some landmark things. You can extend, you know, the stride, the straight jog, the turn to have it be like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to go half a lap on half a lap off. And then maybe I'm going to go a lap faster and then a lap float. Um, and then maybe I'll go two laps faster lap float. And you can, yeah, I mean, that's just, that's interval training, um, at its, mm -hmm. you know, at its, at its very core, but you don't have to overthink it, you know, and for someone who's self-coached or, you know, doesn't have, um, very specific direction coming. I mean, knowing like one week you went to the track and you're like, okay, I did, 
you know, four faster laps with four slower laps in between. Maybe next week I'll try to do two more, or, you know, maybe I'll go next week and I'll try to do two laps instead of one lap and see that if I can progress in that way. Um, and when you start bringing, you know, a watch into the picture and you're timing things, um, and you're measuring your specific times for different distances, then you can, you know, you can start to quantify it to some degree and track progress and in that way. And that can be motivating and, and exciting for runners, but I don't think it needs to be much more, you know, complicated than that. Um, if you don't have access to a track, it's just doing things off the watch. Um, if, if you have access to one and simple as what I said earlier, you know, one minute, 30 second pickups, one minute pickups, two minute pickups. Um, and, and just, just doing that gradually increasing your workload over a period of time, um, you're going to get fitter and faster by, by doing these things consistently. Does that answer your yeah, question? Absolutely. And consistency, as we know, is key. Um, indeed. So yeah, it is. I mean, you do, you do one speed workout, you're probably not going to get a lot faster, but you do like one speed workout a week, um, for a month or two or, th or three months, you're going to get a lot faster. Um, I, I guarantee it. If you can stay healthy during that period of time, which is the key to it all, you're going to get faster. Yeah. What's your, um, in terms of frequency per week, is it typically once per week? And if it goes up to two, what's your kind of threshold? Like what level runner are you working with where you increase to two kind of harder effort sessions per week? Yeah, I think for beginner runners, especially once a week is is plenty to do a, a very, let's call it deliberate speed workout where that is the intended purpose of the day. Um, I don't know how I would really identify the dividing line where they're ready for, for more for me as a, as a coach working with individual athletes, it is very much on an individual basis. And sometimes you just have to try things. There's no, um, you know, there, there's no exact formula for saying, okay, this person is ready for a second workout. At some point you're like, okay, you know, you've been doing one workout a week for the last, I don't know, maybe it's, maybe it's six weeks. You're recovering well from it. You're seeing progress. Let's see what happens if we throw a second one in. So maybe, you know, they do a speed workout of some sort on a Wednesday. Um, and that's been the, that's been the standard for the last month and a half or so. And this athlete is, you know, starting to see progress in their workouts. Maybe they've run a race during that period and they've improved. I would say to them, Hey, you have definitely jumped a level. Let's see if we throw in a second workout on Saturday, perhaps like I'd, I always typically give, you know, a, at least a day, usually two after a speed workout before I would throw a, another one in there. It's like, Hey, let's, let's throw another speed workout, a different type of speed workout, because that is something I think that that is probably worth addressing. There are different types of speed workout as well. Not all speed workouts are created equal. Um, you know, so I would, I would probably emphasize something else on that second day. Um, and it's, it really just depends on the athlete, um, their experience level, they're showing an ability to, to recover well, you know, from intensity, um, from various bouts of intensity. And, and then once you add that second one in they're seeing how they respond to that, are they, you know, are they feeling so beat up from that, that it compromises their workout the next Wednesday? Well, maybe we need to dial that frequency back to just once a week, but you know, if they're fit enough and they're experienced enough and they handle it well, they might be at a point where they can regularly start handling two speed workouts a week, or maybe we start by 
putting a second one in every other week um, just to create that, you know, create that space. But it is very, it is very individual. I think the, the biggest things to keep an eye out for are that you're not um, really compromising those, those key sessions uh, that the athlete is, is recovering well, that they're not really dinged up from the workouts and that they're able to just stay consistent throughout the rest of their week as well. Excellent. That's a great segue to actually a question that we got from one of our uh, live listeners, Aaron, who is asking on how many speed workouts would you recommend for a master's runner um, who is injury prone? So we do have a lot of folks in our healthy runner community that have come here because they have been injury prone and they are in their forties and above. And mm -hmm. uh, she would want to know, are there specific workouts or types of speed workouts that are safer in that situation? If you're working with the master's runner who is kind of injury prone and they had a history of injuries. Yeah. I mean, the, the unsatisfying answer to that question is it depends. Um, and generally with older runners, the more intense the workout. So let's say shorter, faster intervals, like 400s, 800s at 5k pace or faster. Like I'd consider that a pretty intense workout. Generally older runners, especially if they've been running for a long time, they have a lot of miles on their body. I mean, those workouts are important, but you need to space them out more. Um, they're going to get a lot out of longer, like let's call them longer and stronger reps. So maybe those are like one K's miles, two miles, tempo runs at a, at a slower and a slower speed, a lesser intensity, maybe instead of 5k effort or a little bit faster, it's, it's, it's more like 10k half marathon effort. Um, and the reason for that is, I mean, especially for, for distance running, like that is, I mean, those that's your bread and butter. I mean, you get to that point and you're doing those types of workouts. You're going to become so aerobically strong that you can maintain a high speed for longer. Um, and honestly, when you're, when you're a lot older, um, you're only going to develop your speed to a, to a certain point. I mean, you're, you're most people, especially if they've been at it for a while, you're, you're about as fast as you're going to be at that point, but you can still get stronger and maintain strength. But the other key to that is because the intensity is, is lower. Um, but it's still not, you know, just easy jogging. You're getting a lot out of it, but it's also, it's also easier on your body in a lot of ways. Um, just the, the musculoskeletal stress is not as high. Um, when you're doing, when you're doing that type of work and generally older runners are going to bounce back faster from those types of workouts. I know for me, like if I go do really fast 400 at the track now, and I mean, I've been running for 24 years, I, I can do it. I need probably three days to recover, four days to recover after something like that versus when I was 25, uh, or 20 years old. Um, but I can go do like, I did a tempo run on Wednesday, today's Friday. I feel great you know, I feel really great. I mean, I, I did five miles worth of work versus three, but because the intensity was a little bit lower, um, I was on a softer surface. I mean, there are a lot of things that you can manipulate there. I mean, I, I'm going to get a lot out of, out of that workout, but I don't need to develop my speed, you know, quite as much. So I'd focus on, on those longer workouts. I mean, still accounting for recovery in there. Um, also with, with older runners, especially, um, those who are injury prone, and maybe have been at it for a while. There are other ways that you can really develop fitness um, without doing a ton of intense running workouts. And that's through cross training, whether you're doing that in a pool, in your pool running, um, you're on a bike doing intervals. I mean, you can still do a great VO2 max workout on the bike, um, but because you're on the bike versus on the track, 
the toll on your on your body is a lot lower and a lot less and it's you're still getting the the benefits of that like your body doesn't know any different it it's being you know if, if and you can measure this through heart rate perceived effort maybe power a number of different ways that's getting like really geeky into things but i mean you can do a very similar type of workout that is going to preserve your body better than doing it you know on a on a track, um, that type of thing. So I, you know, if you can do one quality run workout per week, um, and then you do a, a second quality session that's on the bike or in the pool or on some other cross training modality, um, you know, that can be a way as a master's runner to keep the ball rolling, um, to stay healthy and to just, to just get a lot out of your training, um, while also just, just respecting the, the load that your body can handle from an intensity standpoint. Excellent. And Aaron, I would just add to that as well. Um, just make sure you are doing your strength training in order to run, right? And really hitting all of those run specific muscles that we talk about to stay healthy so you can be able to do some of these faster efforts. And Mario, what about um, drills or exercises to improve running speed? Do you have any like go to's that you commonly prescribe for your clients? Yeah. So I have, I have seven that are very basic. Um, there is an article online. If you look, if you look it up, it's seven running drills you should be doing. Um, it'll probably be the first thing that comes up in, in Google. I give this to athletes from beginners to pros and they're, they're very basic. There are plenty of other drills that you can do, but these are your basic a skips, B skips, butt kicks, um, karaoke, straight leg runs, high knees. I mean, these these are drills that any runner can do. Um, and you can do them as part of your warm up for a speed workout. They're great from an activation standpoint. Um, I'll have beginner runners do this from the very get go, because again, similar to those short bits of running at a faster speed so that you can think about how you're moving. Um, the thing about drills is you really have to think about how you're moving because there's a, there's a coordination element involved. As you get more proficient at them, you can pick up speed and see that type of progress. Um, but drill work is something that a lot of runners will just go run. Um, they're not thinking about, they're not thinking about drills. I, I think about swimming. My wife grew up as a competitive swimmer from the very moment she started swimming, they start doing drills. Um, a lot of other sports will, will work, will use, use various types of drills to improve their skill at that sport. And I think it's important for runners to think of, of the act of running as a skill that needs to be developed. And drills are a great way to do that. And again, like I, I focus on these seven because I'd rather my athletes get these seven down pat and do them really well than be adding new ones every week that they're only doing, you know, okay at. Um, so look up that article, seven running drills you should be doing. There's some, um, photo demonstrations there. You can find a lot of them on YouTube if you, if you need to see them in action. Um, but you know, those, those are, those drills reinforce the tenets of, of just good mechanics. Um, and like I, when I'm coaching at the track, like during the week and we're running through these drills, I mean, the things that I'm pointing out, there are a lot of, you know, staying tall, um, you know, trying to, trying to really like engage your full foot with the ground so that you have good balance and stability, you know, engaging from, from the right areas of the hips. Like they're, they're consistent throughout all of these drills, even though the, the motions are different, but they're also exactly what you're doing when you're running. So I think when you, 
can do those drills and connect the dots and see how it translates into how you're actually moving when you're running like light bulbs start to go off and then when when you are you know doing speed work like these are the things that you're thinking about and i'd rather have my athletes thinking about that how they're moving rather than like was that split one second slow or one second fast um that type of thing like it, it it's yeah, it's really beneficial in that way. And Mario, I want to respect your time because I know we do have a hard stop. So I can yes. honestly talk to you for hours. But um, if you could change one thing about the misconception of speed work for runners, what would that be? It doesn't always have to be hard. I, I think that's the biggest mis misconception about speed work is that every time you show up to the track, like it's going to be the hardest workout you've ever done. No, I mean, that that's like, that's like one to 2% of like all the workouts that you should be doing where, you know, you don't feel like you can do another rep. One of the best pieces of advice that I got from one of my first coaches, Bill Gadare, he said, you should finish 95 to 98% of your workouts feeling like you could do another rep if you needed to. Like, so if, you know, if it was 10 by 400, you could do an 11th or 12th rep. Um, it shouldn't, you shouldn't finish most of your workouts feeling like you could not do another one. That's, that's like one to 2% of your workouts. Um, so it's like, while you're working hard and yes, that's how you're going to get a lot out of them. Um, it shouldn't always be hard. I mean, I, I do workouts where I, I tell my athletes like, Hey, this is like, I'm giving you specific instructions, um, for this workout is not just go out and, and run easy, but this should not be like a hard workout. Um, you know, and maybe that's when we're tuning up for a race, maybe it's early on in a training cycle. Maybe that's a bridge between like, what are going to be like two, you know, two harder workouts, but you know, every time you go to the track, every time you go to do a speed workout, like get, get that misconception out of your head that it's, it's going to be like, it has to be, it has to be like hard. Like you should, you can challenge yourself. Yes, that's great. But it shouldn't always be, it shouldn't always be hard. I think that's the biggest thing. Oh man. I think we need to leave it there. Honestly, that was amazing. Uh, Mario, this has been so informative. I appreciate you taking the time out of your busy day to educate our healthy runner community. And what I'll do is if you want, um, you can head out and I will kind of close out um, the show and also add in some of your links that you had mentioned. And I will make sure to drop all of your links for your, um, your content as well. Yeah. Thank you so much, Dwayne. I appreciate you having me. I wish I could have stayed a bit longer, but we can do it again soon. All right, guys. So if you um, found some of this helpful and you found uh, Mario's content very helpful, number one, definitely subscribe to his newsletter, subscribe to his podcast. Um, I thought he brought up some amazing points. I guess I'll just give kind of my little recap on what Mario talked about is you know, exactly what he said, that speed work doesn't need to be intimidating. Um, I think another take home I got from what um, he shared with us was it could be fun, actually. So have fun with it. It doesn't need to be structured. So it doesn't need to be, you're going to be doing four reps of 800 meters on the track with a 400 meter recovery. So it doesn't need to be as structured as sometimes we make it. And if you're the type of person that doesn't do well with that, that stresses you out, brings you anxiety, and it just takes the joy out of running for you, then perhaps consider doing some of the fart licks that he had talked about, right? Making them fun and making them not as structured. And the other thing, you know, I really like this point about, you know, beginner runners that you can do quote unquote speed work 
it's just essentially running faster. And then the other thing I want to reiterate is that you want to make sure your other runs are slow and controlled and that the majority of your runs that you are doing throughout the week are still at that easy conversational pace. But I really like how he highlighted that the faster runs and you running at a faster pace do improve your running form and makes you more efficient. And I can say personally, I've definitely noticed that. And I've definitely seen that in my running these past couple of months, since I actually have gone now to the interval work and hit the track. And I'm noticing how more efficient I am in my runs. And it's something that is out there in the science and the literature. And I've talked about it before, but it's also good when I like get that eye-opening experience myself, when I experience it myself and I'm thinking about hey, you know, this, this actually happens. This actually works. Guys, remember, we have a lot of special guests coming up um, these next couple of months. We are busy. If you're listening to this on the podcast, join our community, join our, our Healthy Runner Facebook group, where we do all of these episodes live within our community. And we answer questions from you, just like we did today. And you can ask your question to the expert that we have on for the day. And, um, you can get all the other content that is shared by our team of healthy runner coaches. We, they are continuing to kill, kill the content. Um, this week, there was some great posts, great content, stuff that I would have never even thought about posting um, that was shared within our community. That was very helpful for many of the runners in our community. So if you're not in our healthy runner Facebook group, then join our community um, over on Facebook and um, as always, if you guys have enjoyed this podcast episode, then, you know, share that link with a friend as well as, you know, letting them know about our podcast and our community, as well as our at spark your training YouTube channel. Remember, you can get all the video replays of the podcast on YouTube, as well as the hundreds of other exercises that I have on there that are free to you um, that are run specific exercises. Remember, guys, as always. Stay active, stay healthy, and just keep running. I'll talk to you soon. Make it a great day. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Healthy Runner Podcast. Can I please ask you for a couple of favors? Can you subscribe to The Sucker wherever you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever so you never miss another episode? You'll be notified when a new episode drops every Thursday. Can you also please leave me a rating and review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts? What I want you to do is to tell them how awesome you are as a runner and then tell them what you have liked most about the show. I love to hear what you have to say. I read all of them and it means a lot to me. If you haven't seen the video version of this podcast, then head over to youtube.com forward slash spark your training and you can see the video version as well as our full video library of exercises that are specific to your running on the Spark Your Training YouTube channel. Also, if you like the content in this podcast, then you will like the community even better. Head over to our Healthy Runner free Facebook group so you can get all the bonus content, blog articles, and get your questions answered by myself and our team of Healthy Runner coaches. The fifth and final thing I want you to do is that you can help this podcast out by taking a screenshot wherever you're listening, whatever episode, and put it in your stories on Instagram and tag me. That is at Spark Your Training. 
If you do this, I'll give you a shout out and repost it, sharing your running wins while listening to the podcast. More importantly, we'll be able to share this information with a lot more runners because that is the goal, guys. We want to get this information in front of as many runners as possible to help them stay healthy so they can stay on the road doing what they love. So take a screenshot, share it on Instagram stories, and tag me in it. You can also find out how I help runners as well as our brand new Healthy Runner Strength Program by visiting our website, sparkyourtraining.com. Thank you so much for listening, and I just love our Healthy Runner family. And remember, guys, let's stay active, stay healthy, and just keep running. Until next time.